All right, everybody, welcome back to During Business Hours. My name's Chris, and with me today, we got Mick Ventasilia. How you doing today, Mick? Good, how are you doing, Chris? Great, It's uh, so we're gonna call you what? An entrepreneur, uh, a young hustler, a, a card shark, probably. What else do you do? Uh, just a kid trying to make it. Yeah, kid trying to make it. Um, so what have you been up to? Uh, lately, well, the past month, I just moved to Arizona, so kind of close to where you're at. Well, not close, but west coast right yeah you were east coast the whole time right yeah um for the past five months before that i was in north carolina so um doing the same thing but then yeah i moved to uh arizona and uh, like phoenix area so i'm living like in chandler uh which is kind of outside of phoenix a little bit um i mean probably yeah i know where that's at because i just drove up through oklahoma from sacramento we went all the way down and then across to Oklahoma, which was a half-assed way, but Tesla requires the charging stations. So it uh, took us a long way. But yeah. Very near Chandler. So it's really? hot as hell. Dude, so hot. Yeah. Like, it's it's pretty crazy. I'm not used to the the heat whatsoever like this. So it gets so hot. But, it like, I feel like since it's dry heat versus, you know, wet heat, like, it's not as humid here it's more doable, you know, like if this, it was, if it was really humid, then I would be, you know, complete, it'd be completely unbearable, but right. because it's, it's 115 right now here. How's it out there? Yeah. Like 110. Jesus. It's, they're saying it's the hottest in 10 years on the news. And I'm like, well, I remember hotter. So it's not. Yeah. Bad. Yeah. Uh, why are you, so do you have family out there or is it just opportunity that dry, drove you out? west? No. No, so we were do- doing solar in North Carolina um, with my buddies. And then um, we were just having, like, here in Arizona, um, we can save customers like 20% plus on their bill or whatever. But in North Carolina, the bills were just cheaper. And, like, the price per watt that, like, the utility company was charging wasn't nearly as high as it is here. Um, and so it was just harder for us to save customers money. Whereas we were just doing like a bill match, you know what I mean? Where we were just matching their bill when we got them solar. So I don't know, it was just, it's an easier market to sell it in, I guess. I think we met, you were doing like buying wholesale and flipping Mm -hmm. electronics, right? Cell phones, laptops, computers of all kind. Yeah. How'd you get into that? Um, well, when I was like 15 or something like that, I, uh, opened up a little cell phone store. So I had like the retail buy cell repair, um, thing. And then I got out of that when I was like 19, um, I think 18 or 19, something like that. Um, and then I just started like buying up small lots of phones and just flipping them, you know, and just on the groups and whatnot and then just kind of expanded from there and moved to st louis to be with uh josh and matt if you remember that yeah and i remember then, that and then um then eventually uh we went to new york when we got more into like the consoles like the game consoles flipping the game consoles um and so i don't know we're in new york for a good bit and then once that market kind of just like crashed for a little bit we just went i just decided that i you know i'd done it since i was 15 and it was just kind of exhausting at that point i didn't want to do it at all anymore it's just like burnt out so so you just went over like five years of your life in Mm -hmm. almost 30 seconds so let's roll it back a bit (laughs) Mm -hmm. the uh st louis was i believe the first time that you started getting because we're familiar with each other through like Facebook groups and stuff like that, but you were considered one of the big dogs. Like you were transacting a lot. You were always putting out posts. So people always look to you for like quality, cheap, mm-hmm. you know, lots of stuff. You, Matt, I think, uh, what was the other guy's name before he took off? Josh or no, no, I don't think it was Josh. Josh was, uh, he was more oh, viewed, like your helper, you know, like, he was, uh, Oh, Jason, Jason originally. Yeah. Back in the day. Yeah. And then you moved on, like you and Matt kind of split a couple of years ago, right? 
Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, no, wish you best. They thought there was uh, some drama between you guys. And he was like, no, 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 everything's good. He's just running something else. You got into the consoles, man. You were flying pallets of those things. Like the photos you were putting out, it was almost like you were Don Corleone of the <laughs> consoles. How yeah. did you get into moving truckloads of consoles? Dude, I mean, like with consoles, it's, it, you know, with uh, the cell phones and iPads and all that type of stuff, like all the business is done on Facebook, you know, but with the consoles, man, I found like all the business was done on uh, Discord, right? And so we opened up our own like Discord server where we were, you know, just we started out with uh, like 10 or 11 guys that like all moved decent volume. So those guys were like, um, think about it, like in the phone game, like the direct buyer, mm-hmm. right? Um, it was the same style of concept. These guys were like the direct buyers in their city for the consoles. So they would, um, you know, buy up all the consoles that were in Toronto, buy up all the consoles in Vancouver, you know, Alberta, whatever it was. Um, and then they would, collect up, you know, hundred, 150 at a time and ship them to us on pallets or whatever. Um, and then from there we started, uh, expanding and getting like, you know, they didn't want to deal with this client because they weren't able to make enough money off of them. So then we were like, Hey, just add them to the group. We'll buy them off them. You know what I mean? And then from there we started expanding and just kind of getting like referrals to the group where people, a bunch of different people were joining or whatever. And we partnered up with, have you ever heard of like what a cook group is? Yeah. So we partnered up with a couple different cook groups in Canada that like they were like advertising our server and what we were offering or whatever. So, so we would get the volume. Yeah. So we would get the members from there to join up. That's smart. And a lot of the stuff. people who are in those groups on Facebook still, for some reason they stick there and it's their non plum. They won't move. You gotta, they've staked their claim and they made a little bit of a, um, what is it like a show for themselves? And now they're somebody who can, you know, put a couple of comments out and they feel good. And they're like, I know this guy I can vouch for this guy. I can say this, I can do that. And I, that's why for me, I've gotten off those uh, groups because too many people think they got weight to throw around and be uh, some big dog. And yeah. uh, staying silent is the best power on Facebook. I don't understand why people don't see it. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I like, I mean, I like the groups. I think that they can certainly add a ton of value to like, you know, a shop or something like that. If they're, you know, it's an easy resource to be able to find the answer to your question that like that you might not have ran into before pretty quickly. That's exactly easy, but there's, there's ways that come with value and then there's ways that'll get you your answer real quickly. But if you're not going to learn something or it's not actually going to be retained, that's what pisses me off. Um, yeah, so many guys out there that just rely solely on Facebook. So what, yeah. is the console business still up and running currently? Yeah. Um, we just lost a pretty insane amount of money at the end of last year because what happened was, um, we were doing drop-offs in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we would have these guys that would like, you know, drive around, meet, um, at police at the police station. They'd have like a schedule on Friday and Saturday where, you know, they'd be at the police, this police station at this time, this police station no, at this time. you weren't robbed, were you? No, 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 no. Okay. Um, but the, the, like, it was, um, like, maybe this weekend that I'm referring to is, like, maybe two weekends before Christmas. Um, and so, like, by the time that the consoles got to us, um, our agreement with our buyer had fallen apart because... Uh, of how long it had taken to get like this many um, brought to us. If that makes sense. It was like yeah, three so full. It was, it was large short date. Yeah. Yeah. And then like nobody was willing to purchase anything right before Christmas, like, you know, a week before Christmas, cause it wasn't going to arrive to them. They weren't going to be able to sell it. And then they're going to be holding it after the holiday and not sure where the market's going to be. So how much money would you say you lost on what, a truckload worth of stuff? Uh, like 350,000 or so. Yeah. During the crypto days, uh, you know, the, the hype, I would say I've lost probably half a million in crypto. Really? Yeah. But I was, I was a bad gambler. I, I kept going to stake and Rubet. And I'd won a million, lost half a million, one 700, lost 20, you know, is that was the dumbest time of my life. 
It was horrible. Was that like you lost the crypto just on the gambling or you oh, lost yeah. the crypto on the fluctuations of, Oh no, no. I didn't care about the fluctuations. It was never big enough. It was, I put in, I think eight grand into Bitcoin and that doubled. And I was like, well, you know, I could take my winnings and then take it to Rubet, fuck around a little bit. And, uh, just one day made 40 grand. And I was like, this, it can't be this easy. They let me cash out. So I put in the 40 grand they let me cash out 120 and then it kept doing, I kept winning on fucking slot machines of all things. <laughs> and, uh, next thing you knew, I had lost half a million dollars of money that wasn't technically mine. So yeah, that's, that's I, tough. it's a big swing. When you start playing with big numbers like that, it's, it's not an easy thing to lose, but it's a lot better than like, if you just took out all the money you earned somewhere else and then lost it, you know what I mean? But I think yeah. all in all, I was in like 40 grand of my money mm-hmm. I got to play with like $3 million. It was awesome. Yeah. So, it was a good lesson though. Yeah. Good lesson. <laughs> yeah. Stay the fuck away from casinos, Chris. Jeez. Well, do the online ones. It's, it's harder too, because VPNs and like, I was playing in Safeway, grabbing milk for my kids and all of a sudden 75 grand hit. And I'm like, I dropped the milk. I'm like, what? I was ready to scream my lungs out. I was like, there's no way. This is the first day I'm playing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just imagine some dad in the middle of Safeway going, <laughs> milk in the air. That was me. Yeah. And uh, so I, I don't, I don't transact in like large volume business, but most of the stores that I've been involved in have done like you know, five to 10 grand of wholesale purchases, refurbs, flips, stuff like that. And man, it, it, nothing like having either a purchase or a delay that would cost me that much money. So yeah, how'd you recover from it? You just end up leaving or? No, I just left. Mm-hmm. Just like mentally, I can never get myself to get back out of it and just like, you know what I mean? Kick it. It was just kind of like, I'd just sit there and play video games all day and just didn't want to do anything. You know, so, so at least you have that recovering mentality where you can be like, all right, now I'm gonna cool off, take a break, find something else to do. The people at my yeah. age, 30 to 40, were like, oh, fuck, uh, is it time to bite the bullet? You know, <laughs> it's like a little too long. You got into this young. I'm surprised you you were the, the go getter hustler in the, the group. So that's why it's sick out you, Matt, Josh and all those guys. It's like, yeah. you really got something going. So I was surprised to see that you're now in solar. Yeah. So how is solar doing for you? Dude, I love it. Is it good it's, sales? Is it the people? The people, I, I honestly just like the fact that, you know, I can make money selling a product that I think that truly helps people, puts them in a better position than they were before they had the product. If that makes sense. Healthier mindset too, I bet. Oh yeah, 100%. You don't, so. have, you don't have to worry about, Oh, you know, take me three twenty. Oh no, I'll give you three ten, And then it's a 20 minute argument through a messaging. Yeah. 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 That's why I'm trying yeah. to distance myself from the repairs and the wholesale side of the electronics. Cause the stress from dealing with some of these people has just got me to another level to try and put an outlet to vent my frustrations. And it's become mm-hmm. more of a, like a passion project, I'd say, but it's definitely, I, I need to step away for a while because I don't know if you know, we had, what was it? I had drama like a year ago. I sent, I think Robert Sutton, he had gotten like 150 frames, you know, broken, uh, six, seven, eights and a bunch of iCloud devices that were 10 X S 11s, 12s. And the guy sent me back like six, sevens and eights back 130 frames. And mm-hmm. then he took all the good ones and all the small parts and all that stuff. So we're in a legal battle with him now, but that guy's getting flamed in the groups. More people are seeing okay. that he's a, a shyster. It's hilarious. Huh. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I don't, I haven't checked the groups too much lately. Yeah. Is there similar like sales for solar and like resources for solar on Facebook? Yeah. Yeah. I'm in a fair. 
every industry, every industry or so. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say like the solar ones, there's not like really too much like drama or anything like that. Um, it's just more so just like asking different questions or whatever. So would you assume that it's more like, what is it? Uh, the service side of solar, you know, where they probably do parts and service calls or repairs Mm -hmm. comparable to the cell phone industry. Yeah. Probably like the station, um, like there's the companies that that are called EPCs. They do like, you know, the installation and stuff like that. So probably those, that side. Yeah. How's, uh, how's Josh? You guys still in contact? Yeah. I talk to him almost every day. He's doing well. He's working with ad central. Yeah. I think our store uses ad central. Yeah. Really? Yeah. They do for the damn, uh, TVs and now the check-ins, right? Doing some yeah. check-ins. Yeah. He really went up there. He was, he was like your Robin for a while and now he's all mainstream. It's a hustler. Oh yeah. He's in the, um, He's, I always see him promoting the, the ad central stuff. It seems pretty cool. Yeah. I haven't like checked it out too much outside of like back when there was just the, uh, just the TV, you know, with the little flipping ads, <laughs> but now it's like what, the, but, the flipping ads, like the ads that flip between the different, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. yeah. The, the, I call them the McDonald's screens. Cause that's the first when I was a kid saw you know, it'd move from one TV to another TV. And so mm. you'd see everything transition almost like a video or a format, but yeah, they're doing pretty well. Cause now they got television, they got ads for videos, all the sales stuff. I'm sure I'll talk yeah. to him or Israel, uh, sometime in the future. Um, yeah. The check-in stuff seems really cool because it does like the diagnostics, right. Or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, that's it. Almost seems like it's like three U tools built into their software. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So, is your company putting you up, or is that the clubhouse uh, where you're living? This is the clubhouse where I'm living. So it's not. We have like our um, corporate offices like up the street, like a mile. So, how'd you get connected with this company? Is it something you were like a friend of a friend, or something you started? Um, no, my buddies have worked here for like two or three years. Um, and so then I was just like, Hey, like, you know, I, they'd always tried to get me to come work with them or whatever, but I finally just felt like I was tired of doing what I was doing. So I was like, all right, let's do it. So you wouldn't go back for anything. No, no, No. I like it. Yeah. A lot, lot less stress. I'm assuming. Yeah. Well, and it just feels like I'm solving problems on a day-to-day basis. It's more mentally fulfilling because it's like, I feel like I'm putting people in better situations and, you know, helping them out. What's so. your thoughts on Elon? What about him? Good, bad, ugly. I compete with him a fair amount on the their solar stuff. What, what's your, um, in Sacramento, I think technically Tesla has higher rates than most of the solar people here. We did uh, a check on our property and uh, they couldn't beat, I think it was like four or five grand, but the benefit on the back end was better. For Tesla? Yeah. It's typically by far and above the cheapest product on the market. Mm-hmm. So it's like 20% cheaper than what anyone else can offer. Um, we sell the Tesla product, but I don't know. I'm not a fan. Personally, what, what's, just, your, what's your issue with it? Well, if you buy it from Tesla, the customer support and whatnot is pretty horrible. And then the issue is that once you like sign up, you you're like, all right, I want to put the panels on my house. Then, you know, six months down the line, you're still not going to have the panels on your house and you're going to just have a, a new bill that says, Hey, we need to up your price $15,000, you know? So I don't know. That's the situation like that bait a bunch of people are. Yeah. Bait and switch, right? Yeah. Where they advertise this really low price and then they're like, Oh, wait, you actually need this, this, and this. So, and their customer service is horrible. If you try to call them, like it takes ages. I, I so. had an issue with my Tesla and, uh, they lost my keys while servicing my car. 
Really? Yeah. So then they wouldn't replace them. And then when I did get a key back, it was a damaged, like they, they come a Tesla key where it's all embossed with silver. Mm-hmm. And so all the silver was missing, looked like it was scratched out. So it wasn't my key. They gave me a replacement. Was still missing the second key. And their excuse was, oh, you never left it. Like what? You needed it for the service call. The 12 volt, 12 volt battery was bad. So it was internal services to the car weren't working so well. Man, it was a, they spend more money, I think, on the advertising and the treatment of customers while they're getting a service than actual retention of customers. Yeah. Because we got $500 in travel, like Uber credits, um, daily food credits, gift cards and stuff just Mm -hmm. to have your car there. So it incentivizes them, I'm I'm sure, to not spend $500 plus a day to have customers going back and forth places. But I love the cars. Elon's just a bit of a wacko being a near trillionaire now. Yeah, no, he, he is a bit crazy, but pretty, pretty smart as well. Oh yeah. Didn't he, he say he was on uh, the spectrum, a bit autistic. I'm not sure, but I would assume he is. Yeah. He acts like he is. Oh God. Uh, do you watch any of interviews or do you follow him at all? Uh, I watch a. I've watched like his Joe Rogan podcast. Obviously, everyone's watched that. Oh, the smoking um, weed one was. I'm not I'm not yeah. a marijuana fan, but man, it was just seeing that. I'm like, okay, so they're human too. They're not. Uh, what do they call them? Lizard people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I see his tweets sometimes and stuff like that, but I don't like watch too many of his interviews or anything like that. Besides the Joe Rogan one, I guess. He said, "What was it? Two days ago that uh, J.R.R. Tolkien is." What, turning in his grave from the new Rings of Power show. Oh, really? Did you ever watch, uh, read the Lord of the Rings or the books or anything? Dude, I wish, but I have not. So basically the gist right now is that Lord of the Rings is getting a bunch of backlash for it being a really slow starting, not very character driven show. Okay. And so Amazon came out and was like, well, you're racist. How does that make him racist? Well, because they, they turned what were supposed to be light-skinned colored people into darker-skinned colored people. Okay. And, and nobody cared. There was probably some racist people online that were shouting from the, the rooftop trying to be, what do they call it, Tolkien puritists. That's what it was. And so I didn't care. I didn't know that there was only supposed to be white elves or white dwarves. Like, yeah. I, did, I didn't like it because it was slow. A billion dollar show should have been a lot faster paced or character driven, but it was very slow. And then all of a sudden they blocked all the reviews. They said anyone who talks about it is racist. They made this giant movement saying, well, if you don't like it, you're a racist. (laughs) Elijah Wood, so many characters from Lord of the Rings came out screaming from the rooftops that we won't be silenced. We are together. (sighs) I, I couldn't understand it. But then Elon came out and was like, yeah, J.R.R. Tolkien is rolling in his grave right now. And I was like, <laughs> I don't think Elon's racist. I've, I've you know, I've definitely yeah. seen him drink with a black man, Spanish man, every dip doesn't ever seem to have a problem with it, but he doesn't like the story. So if a trillionaire can give his honest opinions, but Amazon won't let any average person, I thought it was interesting. They're controlling the narrative on that little thing. Dude, that is crazy. Oh yeah. And they own uh, IMDB. So they block that, but HBO max owns rotten tomatoes. So they allow the negative ratings. So just a so little fun tip on rotten tomatoes. That's where you can find all the bad reviews. Only if it's not HBO because Warner brothers and NBC own rotten tomatoes. So yep. Fandango is owned by rotten tomatoes. Uh, NBC and whatnot. So everyone's got a tie or a hand in somewhere, but the bigger you get, of course, you got to start scooping up the little guys, right? It's uh, Elon Musk. What was it? He just partnered with um, cruise ships, right? So he's doing Starlink on cruise ships now. Really? Yeah. So like, uh, I think it was Carnival or one of those cruise ships had posted on Twitter that they're rigging like all of their cruise ships to have, Starlink internet so that you can have constant connection on the go or out on the sea. What the heck? Dude, 
You That's such a good it's going to make so much money, I'm telling you, because then you'll have to pay for a Starlink pass on top of your Carnival cruise pass on top of your alcohol pass. It's, it's going yeah. to be a lot of money. I've never gone on one of those cruises. I've always kind of thought about it, but I, I don't know. I feel like I would get kind of bored being like on a, I know the ships are massive, but it's still like a, you know, you can't get off them for a while. So seven days, you, you wouldn't be able to walk the entire cruise ship in seven days. Really? If you got on a good one, Carnival, I like I haven't been on one in five plus years, but it is one hell of a time because you have, think of high rise parties, right? Like a three story high rise party. Mm-hmm. You got, okay, your VIPs, you got your, your, your drinkers and smokers, and then you got your relaxing people, potheads. Mm-hmm. Well, they do like top deck kids, family on Carnival, and then they do an entire dancing floor or entire EDM floor, you know, like uh, indoor snowing ice. They do all kinds of crazy shit. Disney's got a different level for every type of character. What the heck? There's a lot of shit. It's one day you'll have a family. I'm sure. Yeah. Like that's the plan. It's, it's one of those typical American dreams. You go on a cruise or take a vacation to the Bahamas. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I like right now I feel like I just wouldn't enjoy it that much, but maybe like with the whole thing, like getting a fam and stuff like that, doing it. So do you have kids? I've got two, a six year old and a two and a half year old demon. Yeah. Yeah. The, the demon I'm trying to exercise, but oh yeah, he's, he's the reason for a loss of sleep, loss of hearing, uh, weight gain, uh, addiction to tobacco, um, yeah, he's, he's a dem- uh, demon. I love him. He's, <laughs> he's just uh, hard to deal with in his crazy twos right now. Yeah. No, that's always the tough part is getting through that, oh, that stage where they're just unbearable. He just won't let me sleep. It's like every hour and a half I'll wake up. I want milk or I want cuddles. No, no snuggles is what he says. My daughter says cuddles. I want snuggles and being a dad is, I can't tell you what it is. It's just is, but it's nuts when they are mm-hmm. that young. Cause uh, there's so many people that are like, well, you only have kids between what was it? One and four, their babies up to one. And then if you miss it, that's it forever. I think it was Jordan Peterson said that. Oh, and, I sometimes uh, like black bear listening to that guy. He's motivational, man. He's, he is like an older Andrew Tate, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What are your thoughts on Andrew Tate? I, th- I think he's got a lot of good points and uh, family members have already canceled me for it, but I think his, his Joel, his whole idea is to shock and awe people, make them mm-hmm. think that he's doing something wrong just so they can second guess it later and go, Oh, you know what? I remembered him. Yeah. Yeah. Because my wife is not a feminist, so she is an anti-feminist thinks that, well, my job here is to take care of the kids and your job is to provide and my job is to support you and so on and so forth. She works 40 hours mm-hmm. a week, still takes care of the kids. She wants to be busy, but it's definitely a different feeling when you have like an independent woman versus a wannabe mother, homely, take care of the children woman. And mm-hmm. I've been with both and I take the mother of my children caretaker every day there's nothing yeah better. the yeah. bad bitch lifestyle is very short-lived <laughs> i'm telling you when the makeup comes off they all look the same yeah you know what i mean it's I've, I've, tiktoks where they're starting to peel off their faces like stretch like they got something going on yeah it's like vfx for everyone nowadays in the dating scene how is it you're dating now right yeah yeah, yeah. well i just got out of a uh relationship of sorts, uh, it was confusing, but was uh, chatting with this or dating this girl for a while. Um, but I just got out of that uh, a couple weeks ago. So bring makeup now I'm back strips. out in the scene, brother. Yeah, bring makeup remover strips to the club. So if you can get uh, right right here, a little mm-hmm. spot. If it's like a jawbreaker where layers start coming off, mm-hmm. that's not take home. That's not that's take not home. take home. No. Yeah. no, no, no. I'm telling you, it, it's like goblins are hidden at certain times. 
Yeah. You don't know what they're going to look like in the morning. And then your roommate's going to come out and go, who the fuck is this? Get out of my house. <laughs> you got to sneak them out the window. You could throw them. Yeah. All their stuff first. And then they're like, no, not the Gucci. Start chasing shit. <laughs> uh, I, I there's dated. such a good there's such a good like um club in whatnot scene here in uh phoenix but i've had such a hard time like wanting to go do it i've done it like i went out here when i was like 16 uh for a phone conference and went out to the uh bars and stuff mm -hmm. and but now i don't know why but i just don't, like have absolutely no desire those wristbands to... get you a lot of places huh when you're 16 <laughs> yeah man it's just the the other guys i was with being able to just bribe the bouncer and get me in oh yeah that i remember those days i, I definitely yeah. hung out with the older crew when i was younger i could oh, imagine yeah. for a conference but you were a lot yeah. more driven than i was at 16. did you ever meet uh michael oberdick do you remember him yeah, back, or, uh, one of the first conferences I went to. Back dude, in he was last. Yeah. God. Dude, I remember I went to, uh, I used to go to like their, they had like little hosted little unconferences, if you mm. remember those yeah, in yeah. bowling. Yeah, I didn't get to go to many of those. Dude, those were like, I didn't like many of the other conferences. I liked ERC, but the unconferences, they were, those were the best, oh, literally. Gosh. Yeah. I heard stories every time I'd meet up with people of the, uh, the non-conference hangouts or the, the part hangouts, people would do their, their swaps or their meetups and stuff there. Yeah. The, uh, the scene out in Scottsdale I heard was like more of a, a uh, LA type ish scene. And then Phoenix tends to be more like home style suburbs. How is it out there? Like, so Scottsdale is like, yeah, like what you're saying. Um, I haven't gone out and like partied in LA at all. No, I've been to LA. No, never. Now that I think about it, I've been to LA a couple times, but I've never gone out there. Um, but there's like pool bars, like, you know, a bunch of those like three story tall buildings where they got, you know, a dance floor, pool, you know, a bar, all that type of stuff. Um, there's a fair amount of that in Scottsdale and then, um, Tempe is, uh, like near ASU. So Tempe is the other town that people go out in and that's more not, not pool bars, but it's still just like kind of the same type of college crowd or whatever. Good shit. Yeah. That's, I did not expect there to be like three story pool bars in like ASU. That would scare me for college students getting really drunk. And falling off. I bet they got yeah. eight foot tall glass ceilings. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe no, I've never been out in LA, man. Every time, if you vacationed in LA or just drove through a couple of times. I've, I, so I used to live out in um, Temecula, if you know where that's at. Yeah. So um, we'd go up to LA and then I've done like some, I used to just pick up the most random work projects when I was in the cell phone industry. So I've done some random work projects in LA. Um, you used to bounce around quite a bit from like going and helping other stores, right? Yeah. Well, and just picking up like what I did in LA was, uh, if you do you remember Chris love. Yeah. The other one who I got confused Chris for. Love. Yeah. Um, what'd you say? I got confused for him once on, uh, oh. there was a, a post, I had an issue with Centrix and then Waquez was, or one of his people were like, Hey, you know, you have a chargeback for $2,700 that you owe. And I'm like, what? I've never charged back a company in my life. Spirit <laughs> Airlines got it one time, but not, you know, that was for an 80 pound bag. They charged me $200 for, but uh, definitely not Centrix. And they're like, Oh, sorry. We mixed up your account with somebody else's. And I'm like, come get your man. Somebody come get your man trying to out me like I charged seven was twenty seven hundred dollars. And uh, yeah. from then they were great. You know, some yeah. ups and downs. But that's uh, <laughs> he got really mad when I'm like, hey Chris, are you the one that's doing the chargebacks? And so that's how I met Chris Love. But it was oh funny. yeah. Yeah. He had the um he had a contract with these Bright Aids um to do their like mobile advertising, like on the end caps or whatever. Mm. And so then I helped him with this project where 
uh, I traveled around like the U.S. taking down all the end caps. <laughs> so, Why? dude, I, it was just it was a ton of fun. And my friends and I, like, I brought my buddies with me, and we got to just travel the country while just like stopping in every almost you know every major city and taking off these uh, TVs. And then we just had a ton of TVs, <laughs> so we didn't know what to do with those things. Did, did you keep them? Dude, we ended up like we couldn't fit any more in the car. We had like thirty in the car. And this was um, that old car that the the Betsy that kept breaking down, right? Yeah, yeah, the Honda CRV, man. Oh man! So I, dude, I ended up uh, losing that car, but because I went to St. Louis for like two weeks, that turned into four weeks, and I left the car at my apartment complex, and eventually the uh, company or the apartment complex just towed it. You can't tow that car's got miles on it. I know, dude, and it was still fully functional. I had a Louis Vuitton bag in the back seat when it got towed. <laughs> I was like, dude, what is going on? You were in the. You're the one who got me into the Moda Hype Group. Uh, yeah, you made a post I saw, and so I bought mm-hmm. a wallet and a couple of items. And uh, what was it? You were selling like a Louis Vuitton key ball, right? Or like key a ball? big bag. Oh yeah, yeah, key ball, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. How, that's a very large purchase. Yeah. Are you a hype beast? No, 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 no. not, not at all. Um, I, I got the key ball from Matt. Actually, we had this like competition. If I sold so much stuff, he would give me the key ball, and so I got it from him. But those things aren't that like they're expensive. You know what I mean? But if you buy. If you buy them used, they're not like crazy expensive. They're like 400 bucks or something. Yeah. Matt was the, the, he'd always post the shoes, the hat, stuff like that. For somebody who does so much in electronics, it's so surprising how flashy he is online, but he yeah. doesn't really show very much. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So he's always like, oh, I did something new or went somewhere new, but it's never personal. He keeps it very separated from online, which is very good. He's a, yeah. an enigma. Yeah. No, he does keep it very like, I don't know. You see like little portions of his life or whatever on social media. Yeah. Um, We have a lot of customers that come into the stores and then we've got a little sign for the scan for our podcast, you know, Mm -hmm. Hey, I do something similar. Let me uh, get on your podcast. So we, (laughs) we had the, the biggest mistake of an interview I've done is a 85 year old man who did audio sequencing for concerts like 40 years ago. And it was hmm. the most boring two hours to sit down and discuss history with someone that kept circling mm-hmm. back to, Hey, I built speakers better than that company. I can show you better speakers. Mm-hmm. I'm assuring you I can make better speakers. And I'm like, what do you mean? We're talking about something completely else. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, but yeah, we, That's, we do a lot of one-on-ones with like, uh, we did drone cast. Uh, we had John Felix on, uh, got public auditor from YouTube. That guy is an interesting fellow. Really he sits there and yells at cops all day long. They are civil. Uh, what is it? He calls them when they're not part of the country. You're like, what is that name? Oh, like the, the, you're talking about like when cops are like trying to kick people out of the country. No, or? no, no. So, you know, when somebody, you ever seen family guy when they're like, no, this is my land. It's outside of the U S but you're in the U S. Oh, what is that name? Sovereign citizen. There we go. Oh, I get it. So he calls them sovereign citizens. Damn. How did I <laughs> like native Americans? Oh, so he's like one of those guys that goes around and videos the cops and okay, I can yeah, hear. this is my freedom. He's yeah, he calls himself a constitutionalist, and so he goes mm-hmm. around challenging people who try and steal his rights. And you know, a lot of cops do that, they're yeah. definitely trained to try and take away your feeling of feeling safe so that mm-hmm. you know they can do something about it. Yeah, in most places, no, that's that, those videos are always very interesting. Cause like on some regard, you know, I agree with the sentiment of a lot of the videos, like, you know, the frustrations and stuff like that. 
Um, but on another regard, it's like, dude, I appreciate what they do for the style it back. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be so angry. Yeah. Don't be so angry. And like, you know, maybe at some point, like some of them, you know, it's just like, maybe just be cooperative, man. Like, just, you, know. you didn't have to do that. Like the, the lady who got punched. I don't know if you watch a lot of, uh, of stories, but there was a lady who got decked in New York recently. Really? Yeah. Uh, a, a suspected murderer was being pulled out of a home. She was there and uh, a crowd starts, Hey, you're trying to arrest a black man. Get out. You know, cops get out of here trying to like protest it. Well, as he's being taken away in handcuffs, this girl is smacking a cop. You know, she's a, a fit little thing, probably like 19, 20 years old. But all of a sudden, you just see this giant black arm just come and knock her. And she just goes out like a light and goes onto the concrete. And it happened so fast. I'm telling you, every part of my muscle just like, I think I like flexed five pounds off of myself. I just tensed up. I, it was brutal and That's abrupt. Not, well, not funny, but that's a, that's crazy. It's it's not funny to see a duck fall into an icy pond. You know it's dead. Yeah. It's still funny when all of a sudden a penguin smacks, you know. Yeah. It's, it's just content. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> what, were, what were we talking about before? Oh, Matt. Yeah. So... Yeah, so you're not very much of a hype beast. I know Matt is because he's always trading or doing. Yeah. He seems like he's, because what, he had a whole high rise uh, business that you were involved in, right? Yeah, in uh, St. Louis. In St. Louis. How'd that end up going? Um. Well, so originally I moved out there and I was kind of just doing my own thing um, there in his office with um just like buying and selling electronics you know the game kind of like and, uh, outsourcing in there yeah yeah and then like i i'd say i do my own thing until like 5 p.m and then you know 5 p.m rolls around and you know we'd all start hanging out together and doing and i would help him and whatnot um you know ship stuff out and just do some pretty basic stuff but um then like we moved to a different warehouse, uh, outside St. Louis city. And, uh, then like at, at that point, um, I started becoming like basically fully involved in the business that Matt was doing because, um, I had a pretty bad situation with FedEx where they stole a ton of packages from me. And so, um, I just had no money after that happened. So how like, did they one steal day, packages for you from you? How do they do it? Yeah. Or tell me the story. Um, so like I would send people shipping labels to ship packages to me. You know what I mean? Um, and I think like, I never really got to the bottom of the bottom of why or how it happened. Um, um, it's like one of two things in my opinion, right. Or three things, I guess one, there was a storm in Memphis the day that all my packages went missing. So there's the potential that, you know, the packages truly went missing, mm -hmm. which, but it was kind of suspicious because, you know, it was packages all coming from different places. I guess they were all going to me. So, you know, there, I guess one truck could have gotten, I don't know, in an accident or something like that. But so um, one Santa's bag full of Mick Ventasilia's packages just vanished. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, the other, the other thing that I considered was, um, one of the people I was buying from at the time was, uh, one of those like, uh, Chinese companies, you know? And so I was and they had used to be in the U S and then they moved to China. Um, and so I was considering that they had done, you know, some sketchy stuff and it gotten my packages like taken. Yeah. Rerouted. That's the, that's the way to say it. Um, well, we can say this is all allegedly, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I have to, like, to answer your question. I'm not really sure, but yeah. I had a, a lot of packages go missing all on the same day. That's so. crazy. I, I had something similar where a previous employee rerouted uh, three purchases 
that we had made from a, a private seller. So we spent about 4,500 bucks on MacBooks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was a great deal. It was like 450 a MacBook overhead on repairs was maybe 10%. And we could flip them for a total of 12 grand. So it was going to be a nice come up. And then three days goes by, two day FedEx didn't show up. Check the tracking. It says delivered Carmichael, California. I'm like, what do you mean? So it turned out this employee had put in for a uh, rerouting through our FedEx account and sent it to his personal house. What the? Expecting that FedEx wouldn't have tracking or a signature. Well, he signed it in my name. But funny enough, it was, hey, return this shit. You're fired. Otherwise, cops are getting involved. So we luckily got it back. But it doesn't sound like you got those back. No. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, I never ended up getting back. Uh, I don't know. I tried for like a month or two to be, you know, following up with it pretty frequently or whatever. But it just do you eventually. Think has, sorry, do you think that has something to do with all your because you kept posting about your Chase Bank account kept getting uh, locked out? Mm-hmm. Do you think you were put on some type of list? No, no, no. I think that um, my Chase Bank account getting locked out had like, like, cause from my understanding, I, I talked with a lot of different people at chase about it. And from my understanding, when you open up a business account, they want to see you gradually grow your volume up. Like, you know what I mean? You have the standard that you start at and then you gradually are growing it up over the years. Right. So my original chase bank account with, um, when I had like short tech, the store, was that was the case. You know what I mean? We started off slow volume, you know, we gradually grew it up over time. And then, you know, that was, that was how it went, you know? And so I think that what happened was when I changed to doing the B2B stuff online, I wasn't doing the, you know, Lakeshore tech stuff anymore. Um, and Lakeshore tech was underneath, you know, my brother and I's name. So I had to open up, you know, a new business and, you know, open up a new account and everything like that. And then it went from, you know, doing, it it just went from zero to 50 really quick, if that makes sense. Oh, so you're just high volume, high deposits, high withdrawals. Yeah, exactly. Like, cause I'm, you know, given my age at the time and my age now, you know, I, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty risk adverse. Like I'm fine with taking risk. You know what I mean? So I would do a lot of business, but not, it w- I was not keeping, uh, too healthy of a balance in the bank account. Like when it would settle at the end of the day, if that makes sense. Yeah. Cause I've been spending all the money on uh console or not consoles, but electronics. I think I've known you probably three, three, four years, probably known you two or three years, but like seeing you for about four years, mm-hmm. but man, your trajectory has been moon stars, moon stars, moon stars. And now you're like, okay, I'm gonna go to Saturn. And that's where mm-hmm. I was like, man, I got to get them on and find out. Cause like solar to me seems like a different world than electronics or wholesale, even manufacturing that a lot of people are getting into. So mm-hmm. it was a, a sideways. I was like, well, how the hell is one of the, the top movers with all those contacts getting out? Yeah. You know, so I, mentally I literally could just never get my, like after we lost that money, you know, um, with the consoles, like I could just, I, I just couldn't kick myself back into gear, you know? And so I knew at this point, like, you know, I've had a fair amount of, uh, health scares that I would contribute to the industry as a whole being stressful and, oh, yeah. you know, and so like, I've had a stroke and I've had a seizure. And so, you know, I was just like, I didn't want to do it anymore. I just couldn't, you know, you had a stroke and a seizure. Yeah. So, uh, I had the stroke first and then, uh, back when I was in Michigan still, um, I was just like, you know, extremely stressed out about some deal that I would have going on, um, where, what was it? Someone wasn't paying me for a while or whatever. And I was just stressed about it. And so then I, uh, yeah, I had a stroke and then, uh, I moved to St. Louis and one day we were all just hanging out and, you know, 
chilling and yeah, I had a little seizure. So I was just like, yeah, I don't know. So once I started like just feeling like, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. I couldn't get myself to want to continue. It was just in the work that I was doing. I was just like, well, if I'm not happy doing it, then why am I doing it? You know? I think it's a lesson for a lot of people to take off is work hard while you can, but make sure you take your breaks. You know what I mean? I talk a lot about vacations or taking some time. It's, yeah, it's hard, man. I used to do this thing where I would work seven days a week for three months and take four days off. Doesn't matter where I'd fly to Hawaii, New York, Canada. I had mm-hmm. to. And yeah. now that I've got kids, it's near impossible. So we do yeah. six days a week, but I'm still three. I run three different businesses now. Yeah. Fuck. So I do the electronics. I've got a, a home goods business that my wife started and I kind of backed. And then I got mm-hmm. into making like, I don't know why I like making candles and tufting rugs and doing kind of artsy stuff. And then of course I got the media side. So mm-hmm. I am a, a near 300 pound man. It's got two kids, a beard. I drink, I smoke. I don't smoke cigarettes. I smoke vapes, but I will knit you a fucking rug if I feel like it. I don't care. That's pretty sick. Yeah. That's pretty sick. <laughs> I made That's my dope. kids, uh, uh, my daughter, a Catwoman rug. My son, a Batman rug and me, a giant Superman rug. And I was like, this is the coolest random thing to know ever. Yeah. That's dope. It's, it's the little happiness that, that counts, but I'm glad you're Mm -hmm. well, man. At least you're not dead. Shit. Oh yeah. To go at at your age. You've been through a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so that's kind of why I just didn't want to do it anymore. And that's kind of why I got out, but I really do enjoy solar so that's the that's the fun part about it well, you, you, every time you talk about solar you look happy i'm happy for you yeah <laughs> thank you <laughs> Dude, thank you I, I think we'll leave it off here but it was great Sounds having good. you on i appreciate yeah. it Nick. um nice chat with you yeah absolutely all right everybody i appreciate it hit the like hit the subscribe hit the share if you're here we appreciate it we'll see you next time